the River City of Kentucky is going bananas. From the beating heart of the college basketball universe, Louisville, Kentucky comes nothing but net on WFPL.org and WFPK.org. I'm Mark Bacon. Matt Anthony. And I'm grooving to Eddie Van Halen right now like the rest of you are. And Eddie's going to be at the Yum Center. Sorry, Matt. I had to throw that thing out. And Matt, happy birthday to you, first of all. Belated. Happy Valentine's Day to each and every one of you. As you know, last week Matt and I couldn't be with you in what was arguably the greatest week of college basketball, 2011 2012, because Matthew was under the weather. He's back, and now we're both sick. Last night's game at the Yum Center, dude, I just, uh, well, Eddie Van Halen's going to erase a lot of bad memories in that building. That's all I got to say. Speechless, huh? <laughs> <laughs> where, where do you start? Um, I, I'm going to start with the guard play. That was an issue. Uh, we had 24 seconds with the ball in our hands. Siva comes down. You can tell by the score at the end of the game, 51-52, that no one was hitting shots. The fact to hold that team for a final shot we don't have Austin Rivers. Mm-hmm. There's a not an Austin Rivers anywhere in the city vicinity right now. <laughs> we don't have that last second guy, and that was a big gamble, and we lost. So well, we drove in, and it was very anticlimactic. Well, the whole thing about that is is something we've been griping about, and I mean the collective we Cardinal fans about this high post of theirs. Everybody knows Steve is going to go off to the left. He's going to look for a pick and roll. Jang sets the pick. Jang rolls off. Siva drives in. He's either got the clear shot or he's going to dump it to Zhang. I got to ask a question. Why not put Shane Bohannon up there on the high post, step it back a few paces, see if he can go right or left, and then have Bohannon drag behind for the possible pick and roll thing or an alley oop to Zhang? And some would say you got to put Zhang in the middle because, you know, otherwise we'll get killed. But in a situation like this, I don't know. Also, Kyle Couric was wide open. In the in the um, corner, the king's corner, no less. When Siva went in with 20 seconds, I mean that there people are saying, well, you know, I'm taking away a lot of great things from this. I say BS, man. There's no such thing as a moral victory. We threw a game away, a by going 12 for 21 at the free throw line. You deserve to lose a game like that. I hope as we speak, they're sitting there and shooting hundreds of free throws, and no one gets to leave until they go like 90 for 100. We were at 33 percent in the uh, in. in a part of the first half on free throws. Oh, yeah, 33%. Yeah. I think we ended at 55%. But we could have won that game with free throws. But that goes to the overarching problem with the cards is no offense. Mm-hmm. And it was evident yes. last night yes. is we don't have a shooter. And that's the thing with holding for that last second shot. Yeah. We don't have the shooter. We don't have the gunner. Uh, Russ Smith, th- this is a question I had with the coaching last night, is that um, Russ Smith... Patino puts Russ Smith on point. He's obviously a shooting guard, and 
he wasn't a good point guard. He wasn't a good distributor. Well, that's not his deal. I would put Elijah Justice on point. Who started the second half. And then bring Russ Smith in as the shooting guard. I don't like Russ Smith as Siva's replacement. No. It should only be Justice. He plays the same type of ball as Siva. Mm -hmm. And so the, the sets... And your play continues the same way mm -hmm. as Siva was playing. Once you put Russ Smith in, he's a Carmelo Anthony, you know, shoot first point mm -hmm. guard. And that's what he's going to do. But that's what he's best at. I mean, if you're mad at Russ Smith for taking shots, you don't have, there's not another option. We've got Blackshear finally. And I think that really increases our chances. Too soon, though. Way too soon for this kid. Really is. But he's, he's put some impressive play in and he does it both on the defensive end and he's a presence under the goal. His, he's got a big, strong body mm -hmm. and he helps Jang out and he gets a lot of rebounds. Mm -hmm. And I like him being in, in the game. But he had, he had jitters last night. You could see it. His hands were shaking when he was standing there almost. It, it wasn't his best game, but the point is we only have one guy that can knock down shots. And that is Russ Smith. And if you take him out because he's a bad point guard, you're missing the whole point. Well, we he's got, a shooting guard. We got two guys who can knock down shots. The problem is the second guy, you know, dribbles the ball off his foot and passes it to the, you know, to air. Who's your second guy? I'm curious. Angel Nunez. Oh, okay. Nunez, best shooter. But I mean, Nunez thinks the ball goes off your foot and he passes to the wrong person. And all right. that. He just ain't ready. I used to scoff at Patino. I mean, we were sitting here just weeks ago scoffing at quote unquote Patino speak. But I do believe him on a few things that I do not think Zach Price, Angel Nunez, and at this point, Wayne Blackshear are ready quite yet. I think the Blackshear will have a better game in Chicago at DePaul because the heat's off. He's not in the Yum Center. It was genius of Patino to A, sandbag Bob Huggins by saying, oh, Blackshear's not ready for a few weeks, and he wasn't even in the scout scouting report. And B, it was genius to, to break him out for his first game in West Virginia where nobody knew who the hell he was. So he, he had no pressure on him. Last night, I'm sure he felt pressure. But I think last night, you're talking about the guard play. It comes down to one play, the play that cost us the game, Siva's unbelievable third foul. And it goes to the bench, too, because the moment he committed a second foul, I would have moved heaven and earth to get Russ Smith in. Instead, there was a lag for Smith to move to the table, and they resume play. But B, I would have told Siva to go stand under the other basket. Don't go anywhere near, because he has a propensity to commit you know, two fouls in a row with really stupid reach-ins and stuff like that. Peyton Siva had played a great game in West Virginia, a great game against UConn. It looked like he was back. The first eight minutes or so of that game last night, he was slicing and dicing. That he was the star. Out. I had the yeah. uh, scroll. I was at the game, and I had the scroll right in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, it was higher seats, so it was <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> and uh, Siva was killing it yeah. the first part. And then um, he had he, eight he of got, the first 13. He had eight of the first 13 assists. He was rebounding. And then you take him out, and that guy is his – I keep saying it – his speed is his strength. Mm -hmm. And you took him out. He cooled down. He probably wasn't back in the game for, in real time, uh, 30 minutes, mm -hmm. 40 minutes probably. Mm -hmm. He sat on the bench, got cool. And then, you know, when you're ready to bring him in 12 minutes in the last part, he, he's got to get back running. He wasn't even able to come out after mm -hmm. the halftime shoot-around to mm -hmm. warm back up and get his shots in. So you're bringing in your cold point guard. Mm -hmm. And... We saw what happened. But yeah, what on, happened? Uh, five five turnovers, four assists. I do have to disagree that I do think the game punched our ticket to the NCAA tournament, which is something we've been debating. Yes, yes. I might, I might agree with you because remember last time we were here with Chuck, I said, you know, NIT, NIT, NIT. I do think they've got a chance. I do think they're going to get the dread eighth seed. I think they're a seventh or eighth seed thing. And that's a microphone. Don't hit it. <laughs> I do think there were some, some uh, nice things to see last night. The continued improvement of Shane Bahan. And this cat is a monster. I'm, 
you know, by far and away my favorite Cardinal, or I think the most talented Cardinal, is Shane Bahannon. That guy's NBA ready. His weak side offensive rebounding is a delight. He really plays well. Jang had a bad last couple of games, but we're seeing flashes out of him of, you know, what next year will be one fine player. And if he stays four years, fourth year, this kid, a possible top three NBA pick. Um, you know, Siva's decision-making is, is terrible. Russ Smith, it just really wasn't his kind of game because it was a grinded-out game. Um, Couric, I, I just can't quite understand. I mean, Couric, who was the great orange beater, you know, recall the Freedom Hall game, the last Freedom Hall game with Syracuse, and he killed him with that last second three in, in uh, 2010. Jim Beheim was dead-on ready for Kyle Couric. But, you know, I still, I, I still kind of am curious about some of the rotations, although... You know, you had never nervous Purvis Ellison. I think you've got ever nervous Kevin Ware when he gets in the game. He's too shaky, so I think he was out. His athleticism would have helped us last night. All being said, I, I really do think it comes down to two things. The poor free throw shooting and Peyton Siva's third foul. That cost us the game. We threw that thing away. Uh, Denny Crum and Joe B. today on their radio show also decried what you did, the lack of offensive firepower. What's up? This your boy Luke Whitehead, a.k.a. L-Dub, a.k.a. Big Lotto, and you're listening to Nothing But Net on WFPK.org and WFPL.org. Shout out to my son, Young Cash. Love you, boy. Well, Matt, you remember the song by Andre 3000, a big boy under the outcast moniker of Valentine's Day, Every Day's the 14th. When you're a UK Wildcat fan, when you're part of the Big Blue Nation, happy Valentine's Day. Every day's the 14th. These cats with that victory in Nashville at the quirky, funky Memorial Coliseum, more on that, you know, withstood their first road test and passed it. Maybe to some people, six-point win, seven-point win isn't a big deal. To me, it showed these cats can win under any condition. As far as I'm concerned, engrave the name on the trophy. I see very few teams that can take this team at this point. And as you've talked about, you know, this entire season, it comes down to NBA talent. Well, it, it reminds me of the Ty Lawson Hansborough year where perfect uh, North Carolina just... They started the tournament, beat every team by 30, and then right ended up, and they got challenged a little bit you know, in the Final Four last game, but it was basically their, their tournament to walk through, and I think I haven't seen another team yet that can compete with the Wildcats. Not after Syracuse's performance last night. I thought they had some talent. I thought Baylor had talent until I saw them play Missouri, but UK is just knocked out loaded. Anthony Davis, I don't even see at this point how you can say Thomas Robinson or Jared Sullinger, as good as these cats are, or um, um, I'm blanking on the guy at uh, Missouri, who's also you know, a phenomenal player. Perry Jones. J- no, at Missouri. Perry Jones is at uh, Baylor. Also, Isaiah, oh, Baylor, yeah. Yeah. Isaiah Kanan, too, at Murray State. That's a fine player who's carried a team on his back, but there's no one who comes close to Mr. Davis. This kid is golden. Kid Gilchrist always seems to pop up at the right time. Terrence Jones seems to be reverting to the shape and form we knew him from last year. Marcus Teague, I mean, he's not going to be a John Wall or Brandon Knight, but he's certainly a fine point guard. I'd like to have him on, on UofL's team. But UK, happy Valentine's Day, man. Every day is the 14th for you guys. Yeah, the lockout where last year it really uh, did a lot to uh, degrade the, the college basketball game. This year, the level of talent on the floor is just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's been years that I've seen. You had Sullinger coming back. Terrence Jones. Jones came back. 
and all these people are, are playing. Green. And, and if you would have told me preseason that the Ohio State wouldn't have been a shoe in mm-hmm. with Sullinger and Kraft and Buford and that amazing team they have, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would I wouldn't have believed you. But it, it's really amazing and. Uh, it was a great week last week, the Duke-UNC game, oh, talking about oh, talent. Oh, oh, that Austin Rivers, oh. I mean, isn't he just, uh, he just like passed, he, he's ready for to be Rondo's replacement on the Celtics. He's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that game, he carried the entire he game. He took it over. You know, we talk about, you know, we talked a lot at the beginning of the season about Kelly for Duke, who was the MVP at the Maui Invitational. Whither goest thou, Kelly, because he's disappeared. It's been the Plumleys and, and Rivers basically carrying this team which doesn't bode well for Duke. I know you and I have talked about overrated and underrated. I wouldn't put Duke in either of these categories. I put him in a third category, which is just dangerous. I yes. think they're an elite eight team, and it kind of depends on, on how the ebb and flow of their whole collective psyche is going, but I wouldn't want to face Duke. But you talk about underrated, I've got to say, I really, really think Missouri, as good as they are, rank three, is still underrated. This is a dangerous team. Frank Haith should definitely get coach of the year. I don't care about the talk about Mike Bray, even to a degree Patino for what he's done with his MASH unit. Stan Haith, far and away coach of the year. The four-guard lineup, I know you love. And we've been talking about this. Some tremendous Denman, that's the cat I've been trying to think of. Denman, phenomenal player. I think they're dangerous. Yeah, Frank Haith at Mizzou, he, he's kind of redefining basketball. He, he's he's doing it what what... He's got a four-guard lineup, one center, and his huddles are so interesting. Yeah, he meets yeah. with his coaches, and then he goes and, and then talks to the players. what they decide on goes and talks to the players. It's very businesslike, very streamlined, and it, he's amazing. Frank Haith, uh, my coach of the year, Mike Bray's done great things at Notre Dame yeah. as well. Take nothing away from him. Right. But uh, another underrated, your boys, uh, Georgetown. Yes, indeed. Those guys are good, and they've uh, taken it to every team that is... Uh, said to be better than them. This team has an odd style of play that makes them really dangerous for the tournament. They play what is what their dad, what uh, JT Jr. used to call John, uh, JT3's father, the great big John, called tournament ball. These kids have mastered that. They rise to the level of the opposition. They don't seem to expend any more energy than that. I like the way that, for the most part, they keep their cool. This is one of the most cool, calm, collected teams in the tournament, unless... You follow them really hard, like happened with the St. John's game. But even then, things are under control. You've got the senior leadership of Jason Clark and Henry Sims. Who says you can't be class president in school and be a star player for your basketball team? Because, guys, this is what he's doing with a 3.75 average at Georgetown. No slouch of a school. Then you've got Otto Porter. This guy is just, he's not one of these super splashy freshmen. I'll take him at any time. This is a terrific team. And, and Hollins, again, you know, more senior leadership. They've got a nice balance between old and young. And JT3 is not afraid to play these freshmen. They're getting a ton of experience. And in about a week, they're all going to be sophomores. This is a team I definitely wouldn't want to face. Same thing with Michigan State. It's funny to say Michigan State's underrated, you know. They ought to be the third or fourth team in the polls, as far as I'm concerned. Never bet against Tom Izzo this time of year. He just gets them ready. And since this class we've talked about, there's so much NBA talent. NBA, they always say winning a game is how you match up against the other game, and it's really coming down to that mm-hmm. in the tournament. When when you get thrown the four-guard lineup at Missouri, Georgetown comes at you, uh, it's it, it's going to set your whole game off. you got to readjust everything you do. Right. I, my, my dangerous team, which isn't even rated, is Illinois. I think they are very scary. They've got NBA talent. They've got a couple NBA prospects on their team. 
and they've taken it to some teams. I would watch out for Illinois. But dig this, man. Today I read that Bruce Weber, if they don't get the invite, might be in danger of losing his job, that the trustees in the athletic department... Well, the NCAA tournament should lose their job if they don't put Illinois in, because they have not <laughs> been watching and paying attention. Now let's talk about overrated, Matt. Uh, and at first I'm going to go to school who's whose mascot goes chomp, chomp, and makes really good shoes and belts. Talking about the Gators of oh, Florida. Oh, man, are they overrated. I thought they were weak all year. They, they do have some really good players, but they are. And I love Billy Donovan, one of my favorite coaches, but he uh, his squad is weak. Very weak. This is a weak team. For them to be under uh, ranked in the 10, uh, under 10, mm-hmm. uh, no done, way. Doesn't make it. UConn, um, without Kimball Walker, and without Jim Calhoun, yeah, they they this are is, not what they people pers- exactly. thought they would be. Lamb is not who uh, he's not who people thought he was. And and also in terms of uh, overrated, I think Baylor. I think Missouri exposed them for what they are, which is a really good collection of Perry Jones, Quincy Miller, some of these guys, really fine individual players, but they haven't figured out how to mesh the te- as a team in the important time of the year. I think they're overrated. They could be an Elite Eight team, and I still would feel that way. And talk about an underrated team. The Bellarmine Knights, baby, 17 in a row, avenged their only loss of the year this past weekend with a 93-79 to drubbing of Indianapolis, the only squad that beat them in December. Listen, things are bright, bright, bright for the Bellarmine Knights. Congratulations to Coach Davenport. And this is Nothing But Nut. I'm Mark Bacon. Matt Anthony. Thanks so much for checking us out. We'll be increasing the frequency of our podcast because the real season is here, kids. So stay tuned.